You're very welcome to a special episode of the IMI Talking Leadership Podcast, where today we're going to review some of the most powerful insights of the past few months. I'm your host, David Larkin, the content brand and PR manager at IMI. The landscape for leaders over the past 12 to 18 months has certainly been unpredictable to say the least, bringing with it a myriad of challenges and changes. Throughout the year, IMI has continued to deliver timely, informative and insightful content from the creme de la creme of thought leaders around the world. In today's episode, you'll hear from a selection of our top 10 experts on subjects ranging from the future of work to collaboration to digital transformation and so much more. We'll kick off with Masterclass speaker Jacob Morgan, who believes in flexibility at all costs. We will have more flexible work arrangements, meaning that we will acknowledge and understand that working every day, Monday through Friday, nine to five in an office no longer makes sense. What does make sense is having a mix that is more amenable to how an employee wants to work. So maybe you come into the office one day a week. Maybe you don't come in for you know one or two weeks and you show up for a team meeting. Maybe you don't work nine to five. You work the hours that are more conducive to how you want to work. So that I think is the bigger shift that we're going to see as opposed to just saying, hey, employees are going to be virtual from now on. While we're on the subject of the future of work, Bruce Daisley, who is holding two future work events with the IMI this year, ponders what areas of work we've been neglecting. I think the, the best firms are the ones who are going to be really clear about that they're going to bake in some intentional learning, that they've changed something from the, the way they're operating. I think we could otherwise find ourselves very easily starting to to edge towards being back in the office four days, five days again, rather than thinking specifically, work consists of a series of different hats. It consists of a series of different modes. And probably the one that we've neglected the most in the last 12 months is the idea of deep work, of concentration, of good stuff coming from when we focus. We've, we've spent a lot of time in these energized, video calls or pretending to be energized while doing emails and video calls. I think the, the thing that we've neglected is the stuff that's probably been pushed to late evening sitting at the kitchen table, which is powering through documents, writing things, thinking about things, and probably tackling those things when we're exhausted isn't the recipe for, for big innovative breakthroughs really. And speaking of big, innovative breakthroughs, leaders have had to be agile over the past year or so, prioritizing evolution over revolution. However, Lisa Gill, whose session made a part of our People Strategy Network, says that some leaders may need to check their blind spots. For many leaders, all of the qualities and skills that I've developed and I've been rewarded for to get me to this place are also the things that will in, in a sense, get in the way for me to be a really empowering coaching kind of leader. So I've probably got to where I am now if I'm a leader because I'm smart, I'm driven, um, I'm results oriented. And all of these things mean that I can become parental in the sense that I become overly responsible. I kind of become pushy. Uh, you know, I'm uh, always swooping in and taking care and solving things. And so the first step is to acknowledge and become aware of how how much of a parent, so to speak, I am, right? That, that I have blind spots um, and I have automatic tendencies and ways of being. So there's like a, a, a stage of confronting that. And I think that comes from 
being in some kind of environment, whether it's training or whether it's um, a context where I can get some really um, radically candid feedback from people around me and lots of coaching, but I need others to help me see those blind spots. As leadership continues to evolve and we address our blind spots, one area that comes to the fore is psychological safety. Laura Delazana, a thought leader on the subject, shared with us what she views as the biggest misconception around psychological safety. Yeah, the biggest misconception I hear is that leaders think it's about being nice. Um, I was working as an executive coach to a senior leader in a in a high tech company, and he said, "Okay." I'm, I'm coming along with you is one of our first means. He said, all right, I'm with you. I get it. But on one condition, don't make me soft. And <laughs> I sort of laughed, but I got it. I said, I, absolutely. So this is not about being soft or nice. It's not about job security. It's not about shielding conflict or avoiding conflict. That's the opposite of what breeds a sort of safety and trust in a team is knowing instead that um, we can have these hard discussions. We can oppose each other. I can oppose the leader if I'm a team member. Um, we can talk about touchy subjects with a level of respect, of empathy, and an intention to understand rather than just being understood. And when we talk about understanding, one of the crucial pieces of the leadership puzzle is purpose. Kerry Fleming delivered a mini masterclass on the topic this year. I asked her what she thought leaders' priorities should be for the next few months. I think the priority should be for businesses and their leaders to sit down and figure out why they're in business and go back to the start, like, why are we in business? What is our purpose? What are we doing? And be willing and able to turn the whole thing on its head and say, this is what we started doing. What, what is out there now? It's, it's like almost emerging from sort of, some sort of kind of nuclear holocaust where you come out of this cave blinking, wondering what the landscape's gonna be like, wondering um, how consumers are gonna behave, what are they looking for, what's happening? So you have to be willing to go out there with curiosity and figure out whether your business structure or model is still relevant, in fact. To fully reach our potential and realize our purpose, of course, we need to have clarity of purpose. Hal Gregerson, one of this year's masterclass speakers, says it all starts with the simple act of noticing. Whether it's Mary Barr at GM, Jeff Bezos at Amazon, Bezos at Amazon um, Nick Baton at ASOS there in, in, in England, it's like those folks, they are stopped by surprising things they stay, they watch, they listen, they talk, they engage, they're uncomfortable, they're reflective, they ask, they get asked. And at the end of that, they get new ideas. They see the world differently and they move it forward. One key shift that has occurred since the onset of the pandemic is an increased focus on well-being. Evelyn Johnston, who held a webinar for IMI this year, explains how the power of questions can help to diagnose your mental state at work. A fairly senior executive that I was coaching two weeks ago, she described the situation where it's back-to-back -back meetings, there's no let up, her commute has turned into two extra hours in work. 
which is in her bedroom at home. And she probably spent 15 minutes introducing the whole concept of how stressed she was. And my first question was, who's asking you to do those hours? And literally there was 30 seconds of silence and she went, nobody. And my next question was, is there an expectation within the organization? No. And my third question was, would anybody notice if you weren't working the 12 hours every single day? And she went, no. And when we started looking at the cause of the stress, it was actually her perception and her perceived perception of what other people expected of her. So a lot of the stress that we experience in the workplace and in our own home life is actually our own thinking around what we should and should not be doing. And as leaders put on their thinking caps for the next few years, one of the themes that's emerging is digital transformation. Tony Moroni, who held a mini masterclass on the subject for IMI, explains what the fuss is all about and why some leaders are shying away. Everyone's talking about digital transformation, but very few people have actually gone to the effort of defining what they mean by digital transformation. So the net result is you have a lot of ambiguity and misperceptions as to what digital transformation means. Now, absent definition, uh, human nature being what it is, we tend to focus on the word digital uh, and not so much on the word transformation. Whereas in reality, you know, this is all about transformation. It just so happens that we're using digital tools and technologies to enable and assist the transformation. So what I would say is, look, you know, when people hear the word digital, it immediately takes them out of their comfort zone. They start thinking that this is about technology. Uh, they don't think it's about their business model and how to deal with customers. Uh, and that creates... Um, it creates anxiety in organizations because if you're not in your comfort zone, you're not going to engage fully on it. Uh, and you know, that leads to a further problem where you know, there can be unspoken differences in an organization, but people don't put up their hand because they're not quite sure they know what they're talking about. But as we look forward, what should be the most important capability in a business? John Ingham, who held a People Strategy Network session with us at the IMI this year, shares his thoughts on the subject. You know, I've mentioned human capital, the value that people provide to the business. Again, not the people itself, the value they provide. Uh, and social capital is the value provided by the way people work together. So it's the, the value of their, of their connections and relationships and conversations, or the, the value provided by the way that people work in teams, communities and networks. And because work has become a lot more collaborative you know, before the pandemic, as well as during and after, um, social capital has become a lot more important, actually, than human capital. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a good example of that best fit type of approach. If we really think about best fit and we understand that social capital is actually the most important capability in organisations today, then it really means that we should be managing, measuring, developing, uh, rewarding teams and networks rather than simply people, which not that many organisations are. What is certain going forward is that creating connections will be pivotal for success, as expert in virtual leadership Jennifer Dowling explains. 
communication and constant learning and, and growth mindset are, are essential now more than ever, you know, that, that we are connected with what's working, what's not working, you know, even from a technology perspective, you know, that we're abreast of what the changes in technology even over the last 12 months have been significant in, in what they can support in terms of virtual communication and collaboration. So I think as leaders now, we need to be constantly iterating, looking at how we're doing things. And I think that that, that, that general, um, you know, idea of, you know, are we enabling people to do their best work, you know, can, can be the real um, driver and instigator for, for that way of thinking. But I think constant iteration, good communication, um, all towards supporting kind of the highest level of kind of uh, productivity and well-being for, for both the organization and individuals are probably um, core, core to that going forward. That concludes our summer review of the top insights of the year so far. To learn more about IMI's thought leadership offering and membership, please visit imi.ie. And until next time, thank you very much for listening and do take care.